Blog Talk Radio. During the pandemic, my lifestyle drastically changed. My income came to a screeching halt. You have to understand, I'm a hustler. I'm a legit entrepreneur. I sell things. I come in contact with people all the time. I have to stay safe. I didn't have a choice but to trust the vaccine. Because if you live the type of lifestyle that I live, you out here in these streets and you hustling, an entrepreneur like me, why not do it safely? So I want everybody to take this seriously. Take a shot at staying healthy. Get the vaccine. Collectively Rewilding is an online forum for learning, sharing, and teaching the skills needed to enhance our experience in the natural world. We're looking for the best mentors, guides, and instructors who can teach a variety of natural skill sets. If you've got something to share, we have the platform to help you make a difference for free. If you are more interested in learning and expanding your abilities in nature, please join us as a member to explore the world of rewilding. Join us at www.collectivelyrewilding.com today. Global government, the mystery school, Agenda 2030, chemtrails and geoengineering, manufactured disasters. We live in a time when awareness about current events and big media deception is critical to be prepared for the events that are rapidly descending upon us. This is Russ from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Diana and me every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we expose the truth big media keeps lying about. Herbal medicine, the globalist real agenda, seen through the propaganda. Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you there. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. You know what I think we should do? I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. My name is Felicia DeRozier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross, the favorite. You wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. <laughs> hmm We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. <laughs> we air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 10:30. Uh, right now, we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit, and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.
Hello everyone. I am Broccoli Man. At night I fight for organic GMO free food. During the day I fight crime against child trafficking. Please watch my story on rumble.com. Just look up Broccoli Man and you can see my regular run-ins and follies with Globalist, the wiretap, the millennials, and everyone else I run into. I fight communists and very pro-free speech. Just check me out. Broccoli Man. On Rumble.com. Hello to all you something duckers out there. The CEO of Lysmaker demanded I shoot a holiday video. We need to promote everyone get their Lysmaker boosters every week. All you nimwits and rubes just keep taking it. But Mr. G. Lobelist wants me to be nicer to you since this will be your last holiday season on Earth. By the way we now have the suicide pods available for rental. Before you enjoy your last breath in a suicide pod, we need you scalawags to get tested for COVID. You must be completely up to date on your vaccine passport. Absolutely no exceptions. When you step into the suicide pod, we do not want you to catch COVID. You must also wear at least 5 scams on your face, with a minimum of 2 of your scams being an N95. After you take the final breath on Earth, we will give you another COVID test. Both before and after your trip to the suicide pod, you will be required to go through the TSI naked body scan. We need to make sure you're not hiding any ivermectin, Federal Reserve notes, or carbon inside your person. For all we know you could be a something ducker that likes to hide Nuremberg code inside your junk. We need to keep you comfortable and safe. Also please remember, when your person turns to ashes and dust, please do make sure you are still keeping with local social distancing guidelines. You must still keep your ashes six feet away from the previous customer. If you refuse to get in the suicide pod, we will take it to the local FEMA camp. That is all on have a holiday season. Hello Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire River. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer radio and the Proof Negative radio show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the one world government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com Now, let's get back to the Proof Negative show here on Freedomizer Radio. Welcome to the Proof Negative Radio show right here on freedomizerradio.com. Now sit back and enjoy the show.
fight the new world order. Fight, 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 fight. Fight the new world order. Fight, 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 fight. Fight the new world order. Fight, 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 fight. Fight the new world order. Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Proof Negative, the big kahuna here on Freedom Us. 
I want to thank everybody so much for finding us today. Today is Tuesday, so we'll have Adrian joining us here as our co-host in just a minute. And if you out there in Radio Land have anything you want to share, we will bring you on to the conversation here. The number is 319-527-6208. And just press lucky number one on your phone, and I will make it a point to bring you into today's conversation. All right, so I got two calls, uh, both with a Tennessee area code here, and I am trying to go off memory here. I'm going to guess which one is my co-host and which one is my my co-host brought in a friend today as a guest, so I have to figure out who that special guest might be, but I believe this might be Adrian. Is this Adrian by any chance? Yes, this is me. Yes. Yeah, I sent you a message a while ago what your area code was again. I was guessing it was 865. But anyway, welcome in. How's it going, Proof? How have you been? Well, glad to be here. So, uh we get to have Thursday off here on Freedomizer, at least. So you brought us a guest today. Yes. Well, talk to us. Yeah. So this is Lobo, and he is a YouTuber. He makes music. Um, he talks a lot about rigged sports and other um, in this area, what goes okay. on in Hollywood, um, he talks about Agenda 21-2030, he's tracking on those topics, and I'm sure he could tell us a lot more of the content that he covers, um, I know definitely the rig sports and what goes on in Hollywood, things like that. Okay. So how did you meet Lobo? He actually was my Uber driver on the way to the airport in one of my last trips. And we started talking, and he shared with me that he makes his videos and he does things uh, Agenda 21 related. And I thought it was super cool because you don't meet a lot of strangers that, you know, are doing stuff like that and that are really aware of, topics like Agenda 21. All right, well, let's bring them in. I'm very happy to meet Lobo here. Uh, welcome in. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, so nice to meet you. Uh, I'm glad that fate uh, just happened, that you got to meet my my co-host, and, and you're out there Ubering, and meeting all kinds of different people, and here we are. Yeah, it's crazy how the universe works out. Right. So welcome to the Proof Negative show. If Adrian did not tell you, I go by Proof. She goes, uh, of course, she's Adrian. So how long ago did you start your YouTubing? I started YouTube around 2018, 2019, early just doing, like, reaction videos, different skits things like that. 
and then it evolved into me doing like posting type beats for like different type of artists and things like that. And I've always known about so if, being the if you heard the song conspiracy. right before we came on, my my band is the Rambutans, just so you know. I I, okay. I partake I partake in, in the electronica music and making my own uh, stuff as well. That's what's up. I like that. I don't know if you like that song, Fight, but uh, that's me. Fight, 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 fight the New World Order. Yeah, that's all we can do. So, Adrian, I don't want to uh, I don't want to come in and just bum rush your your guest here. So, uh, go ahead and jump in, and I'll I'll fill in as needed. But this is your guest. I'll yeah, you definitely. Take the yeah, tell us some about your videos. Like you said, you started out making skits and then making music and posting music for people. And then, how did you get into your rigged sports? And can you tell us about your rigged sports stuff and the other stuff that you talk about? Yeah, yeah. So basically, I ended up getting into. Well, I already knew about the stuff that is deemed "quote unquote" conspiracy, as far as like what goes on in the entertainment industry, and I just never talked about it, whether it be on YouTube or any social media platform for that matter. And you know, when the world shut down in 2020, it gave people a lot of time to sit, think, plan on what they want to do next. And that's just kind of when it all happened. I said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go ahead and start talking about this stuff. And I've known that sports are rigged for probably like, what, five years now. Just learning about it, especially when I saw Tom Brady kept going to the Super Bowl year after year after year after year. It just made me wonder, how is it that his team is always getting caught cheating, but nothing ever happens, and he keeps winning? And it made me go down a rabbit hole and dig into football and basketball and then the next sport and I started showing clips to show people how they rig a game or just talking about it for that matter. Well, there, there's some sports that are easier to rig than others and by the way, I need to book him again. I usually try to get him once a year. There's a guy named Brian Tuey. He wrote a book called The Fix Is In. Yes, I heard about it. And I've actually seen his website. Yeah. I remember... We had a discussion on this show, and he predicted who would be in the Super Bowl. That that's when the Rams, with Matthew Stafford, won a Super Bowl over. Oh, who'd they play again? Was it the Chiefs? Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, it was the Bengals? Okay. Uh, I remember him uh, saying that there is always uh, a theme. And I don't know what the theme was for baseball this year. Sometimes not everything is fixed, but most of it is. But uh, he said, watch, the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I forget the reason he gave. And and, uh, this was like week three or four of the Super Bowl, or I mean of of the season. They ended up winning. There was one year uh, I predicted on air when he was on with us where – uh, we were discussing fixing. This was right when Stacey Abrams said that Atlanta is too racist to have the world, the, uh, the all-star game and to move it to Denver, which is a lot more white. But I said at that point, watch, the Atlanta Braves are going to win the World Series now just because of this. And then sure enough, you see them holding the trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, that's true. You know who also died that same year, too? 
big name Atlanta Braves player. Oh, Hank Aaron. Hank. Yeah, Hank Aaron. Yeah. Well, just like uh, in hockey, uh, with with that Las Vegas shooting at the Mandalay Bay, uh, the Golden Knights went to the playoffs or went to the finals even in their first year. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they didn't win it all, but they got there. Yeah, a lot of it, though, is also for a business perspective because they need to solidify a, a fan base somewhere, too. Like, if you have a new team that started in, say, I'm going to call it City A or whatever, and they don't do good, it's hard for the city to get behind them versus if they do good and have success out the gate. Yeah. Yeah, my sports teams I follow, uh, it's a very hard life, I guess. And I, I don't not watch sports. And I used to own a baseball card store back like 20 years ago. And I still partake, but I, I don't take sports anywhere near as serious as I used to. It's, it's while I do my investing, I, I can read and be totally happy. I might go to one baseball game every two or three years. Um, it's just not, it's not life for me. Like, uh, it's just funny. I live in Las Vegas and you go to these sports bars out here. Like there's a Redskins bar down the street and we had, we had lunch there and we had like, you could see like 70, 80 people whenever they got a first down, everybody chants like, like it's a religion. It's just the weirdest thing. I, I can't yeah, do it. Because a lot of, it. It's also because a lot of people, too, they grew up rooting for this team, so there's this very strong emotional connection. Like, here living in Knoxville, like, everybody's a Tennessee Vols fan. I grew up as a child as a Tennessee Vols fan, went to school there. So I, I've seen it firsthand. And it is crazy. It is crazy. Like, sitting back and watching how other people react to the game if I'm there and I know what's going on and they don't. See, I'm a I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, and uh, I remember that one year where the the Patriots lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and they, they said the worst quarterback at the time, the worst starting quarterback, Blake Bortles, was up by like 11 points with two minutes left, and the Jaguars were two minutes away from going to the Super Bowl, and they somehow lost the game in regulation, mind you. Mm-hmm. Not even overtime. Um, yeah, they had to get Tom Brady in there. Uh, Nobody would watch the Super Bowl if Jacksonville was in it. Yeah. Not with Blake Bortles. And there, was a, there was a Jalen Ramsey tweet, too, where they said um, the defensive coaches told him to throw the game mid-game, and the tweet was deleted within seconds after he posted it mid-game. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Jacksonville was up the whole game. So, uh, and that Miles Jack, there, there was uh, an example where he picked up a fumble and ran it in for a touchdown, but they, they the refs said that it was just an interception uh, or a fumble recovery, but it wasn't a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I it's just, uh, and it's every sport, but some sports are harder to, to do because the thing with baseball is you can you can call balls and strikes. You could say, let this guy hit a home run. But if the guy physically can't hit the home run in that at bat, you can't do nothing about it. 
you still have to perform the task at hand. It's just that they can, the refs or the umpires can, they can do what they can. They can call penalties at certain points, but at the end of the day, if you, if you don't hit the baseball, if you strike out, then uh, they, they can't they can't help you. I mean, they work together in baseball. Like both teams are working together to rig the game. Like when you think about errors, when you go back and look at errors in baseball, they stick out like a sore thumb, and that's mm-hmm. because they had they followed the assignment. I think it was a, I think it was the Blue Jays and the Royals. We're playing like a regular season game this season, and there was like three straight wild pitches by the pitcher. And I think the Royals are up two nothing. It was like three straight wild pitches, while with runners on. And in the blink of an eye, it's three two Toronto. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes the pitchers just do suck. I mean, they don't rig every single game. It, it would be. It wouldn't be that believable, but they, they, the refs have to pick their spots so, so nobody suspects it. They can, only, they can only say they think it might be tainted, but they, if, they, if they refed 100% of the games, then it, it's just too much. I'll say they manipulate the outcome of every game. There are some where they give teams more leeway than others, where if it's saying like the – Detroit Pistons are playing the, I don't know, Miami Heat or something. It's just a Tuesday night game, not a big deal. There's still going to be some stuff in there, but a lot of that's more so towards prop bets. But you talk about the NFL and things like that, all those games, because it's not a coincidence. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like like football, there's only one game a week. So every game has to be on point for football, whereas baseball is 162 games. And face it, if there's like the Washington – Nationals playing the Pirates, nobody cares about it. There's no talent on either team. They're not going to waste their their energy on that. They, they no, will they will pick the the though. more pivotal games. People still will bet on it though, like prop bets and stuff. And people got parlays, and that's how they can mm-hmm. screw people over. Is like they had parlays for the big games, and they thought I could clean up with the like you said, it was the Pirates and Nationals with that too, and have. The Nationals be up, I don't know, five nothing, and magically forget how to play baseball and lose six five. So there's. Well, I, I've had that those conversations with Brian Tui, and he says it's. Uh, he he basically says what I believe on that, and he kind of sold me on that. That they they might play with seventy five to eighty percent of the games, but they if you have two teams that have no talent and it's game number fifty out of one hundred and sixty two games, and there's no interest. They 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 might let that one go because they they have to pick their spots and make everything look uh, more believable than what it is. And at the end of the day, you have to have talent because you can't just say the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to beat the Yankees and the Pirates don't have a name that anyone outside of Pittsburgh would know, and they suck. You're not going to say, well, Pittsburgh needs to win this one if they don't have the talent no, no, to I beat them. Yeah, they're they're not going to do it. No, I agree that you definitely need talent. I'm just saying, any game yeah. they could easily manipulate at certain points, like you said, pick your Oh, spot. they could if they Same want. With college football or basketball for that matter. Yeah, yeah, I like how the NBA they they suspended one one referee for fixing games like it's not a team effort. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, they needed a fall guy. They made it, had to make it look like they were actually policing what's going yes. on. Same thing with the NFL. I'm sure soccer there has to be fixing, but that game's hard enough. Oh, there's definitely fixing with soccer. Cause, oh, like, I would assume that there would be. It's just hard uh, to me. I understand there would be fixing, but there's a lot of games that are like one nothing and 2 nothing. It, it's just hard for me to fathom that they would fix a game that ends up one nothing. Usually, most of the time, it's when they miss easy kicks that they should have made. Because they can miss on purpose. Like, these are professionals. Oh, I believe that. And it's no different than uh, basketball. He was no, formerly known as Chris Jackson. He had a video where he talked about how you can miss miss shots on purpose. Well, that's probably the easiest thing to do. Hmm. Yeah, give or take. Like, uh, uh, I'm not going to say Larry Fitzgerald, but we'll we'll use Larry Fitzgerald on the Cardinals just because he's the first wide receiver that came to mind. He can drop a pass anytime he feels like it. Yeah, I agree with that. But then again, they could call a holding penalty on uh, or a, a shot clock or a traveling violation pretty much, maybe not a shot clock violation, but you can call a penalty on almost any play in either football or basketball. That's 100% true. 100% true. See, and I, I, uh, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, so I remember that 2016 World Series, and I refused. Uh, I was on air in the... Uh, when the Indians came back in the eighth inning and then the ninth inning, I, I get off the air at nine o'clock Pacific time because I'm in Vegas. And, mm-hmm. and then the, the Indians tie the game and then there's a rain delay. And anytime in, in baseball, there's a rain delay that just takes all the emotion and all the, the vibes just out of it. And then they just, I didn't even watch the – I didn't even stay up. I just went to bed at, like, 9.15. And I'm like, I'm, I already know they lost. I don't even have to watch. The, you called a rain delay when, when they got people on base. And, and, I mean, yeah, it could be just legit, but that was just too coincidental. Yeah, when you said that, that reminds me of the Niners and the Ravens Super Bowl where the lights magically just went off. Oh, yeah, exactly. As the Ravens had momentum, and then when the lights come back on, suddenly the Niners made a comeback and almost won. Well, how do you explain the Patriots going undefeated and then the Giants beat them? Twice, but yeah. Yes. Y'all said the lights went off? You know, I'm not a sports person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, the the lights went off for like 20 minutes or something. And the wow. announcers blamed it on Beyonce's halftime. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had heard, I've, I've never, you know, I'm not like a huge sports person. So, you know, I didn't really, I haven't really cared to look into it, but 
I've heard that, you know, the UFC was rigged before, and I didn't really know if I believed it or not. You know, I heard that, you know, it was rigged and that they're paid to lose fights and that it's, like, apparently supposedly owned by the Russian mafia or something. I don't really know. That's what I heard somebody say a while back. Well, yeah, the, the new yeah. thing now in sports, though, is that Saudi Arabia is trying to build leagues of their own with everything. They're trying to get James Harden, uh, and I'm not a big basketball guy, but they're trying to offer him like a $900 million contract to be exclusive to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah, because I remember Saudi Arabia, they had the golf thing, too. And they just sold to PGA and made a ton of made tons of money by creating that new league. And then they said everybody that goes to Saudi Arabia is blackballed from the PGA, and now they merged. Yeah, yeah, crazy how that works out. That's like the UFC and WWE. They had that thing too, and that was recent. Yeah, yeah well, they had a, a merger on theirs. I so other than sports, what are your big things that you – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't know you were jumping in. Oh, no. I did finally accept that WWE is rigged <laughs> in, like, ninth grade. I finally kind of accepted it. <laughs> but I wasn't really tracking on any of the other sports. Yeah, yeah, especially wrestling. It was weird. When I was a kid, I actually knew that wrestling was fake. But I didn't get into it until I was older. And then I realized, like, what they do, yeah, that takes skill and stuff. But obviously, you can tell who they want to push and who they don't want to push. So on YouTube, you're Lubo, L-U-B-O? L-Zero, B-Zero, Lobo. Oh, okay, L-Zero, B-Zero, okay. Got it. Okay, there we go. All right, I wanted to find you so that I can uh, add you, of course, to my uh, my favorites. Awesome, I appreciate that. But go ahead, Adrian. I'm, uh, I don't want to hog up the time because I could talk to Lubo for days. No, whatever you want, you guys want to talk about. Um, I figured, you know, we would just start out because, you know, like with the rig sports, and then he talked about other things as well. You know, he actually had a, a question for you, Proof, that I said that he would be able to ask you on the show. He'd like to ask you yeah. uh, about your name. Yeah, where'd you get Proof Negative from? Where'd that come from? Oh, I started 15 years ago. I, I've been on air since March 2008. And uh, at my old day job, uh, I got started by telling people about certain stories that they didn't believe. Like uh, back in 2008, when your cell phone was spying on you, nobody believed it, so I'd show them evidence. And it's like I always had proof, but it was never good. So that's where it came up. Mm. That's clever. I like that. That's a cool name. Yeah, I've been on air 15 years. It'll be 16 in March. Nice. Okay. Have you thought about having your own show? Radio show or or what? Because yeah. I already have podcasts that cover whether it be rig football or college football, okay. NFL, NBA. Right. Uh, okay. I have my own other podcasts too. 
All right. I didn't know if you were. Where do you? Where do people hear you at? YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I I I don't do a lot on YouTube anymore. Uh, when I started, I had a huge, maybe not super huge following, but I, I had enough. And then when they started banning people and. Even my, I, I have a cartoon series, and they, they even gave me strikes on that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not uploading anymore. The well, only thing I do you. is if I, I discuss baseball cards, and that, that's about it. They're not going to hit me on that. I go to Rumble. Yes, Mark. What did you get a strike for? What exactly did they strike you for with the cartoon? I have a cartoon named Broccoli Man, and I discussed how uh, – uh, the gene therapies, uh, I forget which episode it was, but something in regards to the COVID gene therapy. And so they gave me a strike mm-hmm. on my cartoon. But they say, like, quote-unquote medical misinformation or something? Uh, they didn't say medical. I just remember offhand or they just said I was uh, – it, it might have been misinformation at the time or false information, or whatever, however they worded it back in 2020. Yeah, I'll say that because I had a – it's crazy how this happened to me. Less than a month ago, I have I got a strike for medical misinformation for a video I did back in 2020. And it's crazy. It's been up for three years, nothing happened to it, but all of a sudden, they suddenly wanted to hit it. And it was, I think, about the – yeah, about the vaccine. Yeah, and they're still out there protecting that stuff. That's hilarious. And uh, Russell Brand put a video out today where Moderna is getting sued, and they're going to have to go to court in Europe. AstraZeneca is getting sued. They're getting sued first, and they're going to go to court. And the Europe is going to start having these trials uh, about how unsafe these are, but yet if you post about it, they still want to come get you like it doesn't exist. Yeah, and it's crazy. Even the mainstream media who was spreading the lies initially came out and told the truth and they want to cover back up with lies. And in that same essence, have a commercial promoting what they told you was dangerous. And they're still lying to you about it at the same time. It's like they don't have well, this last time around. Uh, Alex Jones, uh, he said he talked to a bunch of people at TSA and other government agencies. And they said any day now, they're going to start trying to bring this, this, Friend or bring back the scam wearing and the COVID stuff. And then sure enough, the eight hours later, they're throwing it out there. Like we got to be prepared again and put your scams back on. And those of us, millions of people that, that got the bad signal, put it out there and, and we exposed their fraud. So they had to knock it off here. But you have New Zealand, Australia, Germany, they're making people put scams on their faces again. They started that low over the weekend. Mm, mm, mm. Australia is something else, though. Like Talking about New World Order, that's a place where they really was testing that stuff out and pushing it like heavy. Well, let me throw something else out there. Do you know why Xi Jinping was in San Francisco last week? What was it for? It wasn't to meet Gavin Newsom, I promise you that. It wasn't to meet Brandon. What he was doing there, do you know, uh, 
all the all the big tech headquarters are out in in the Silicon Valley. So he's there to meet BlackRock with Larry Fink. He's there to meet the people from Google. He's there to meet Tim Apple, uh, Tim uh, Tim Scott from is that his name? Tim Scott from Apple. I think it's Tim. Whatever. So yeah, so. He's there to meet the CEOs of all these uh, these companies that rule the world. That that's who rules the world. It's the not Brandon. The people that want to move us to smart cities. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So they're there to meet the the because at this point they can just defer all of their garbage to the mega corporations and let the mega corporations do everything that's illegal. Like you're going to tell BlackRock they can't do something. Exactly. So that that's why he's in San Francisco, and that that's why that's why Governor Gruesome had to hurry up and clean those streets up. Mm. It's funny. It's like Governor Gruesome is like the Justin Trudeau of California. And then you got so many people leaving California too. On top of that, <laughs> but the, but the, the thing is, is that they're trying to sell Governor Gruesome as the number one choice to to take over for Brandon. And that, that kind of how I see it right now, that they don't want to have debates because even if it's if it's Michael Robinson Obama, who I'm sure is a nice lady, if it's Governor Gruesome. I don't care who it is. They don't want any debates among the Democrat Party. So they have to wait until Brandon clinched the nomination, and then they'll do the whole switcheroo on us. And they'll throw whoever they feel, because they really want Big Mike in there, but Big Mike don't want the job. Rumor is is that she really can't stand Barry Satoro, and those two are just uh, living a lie of a marriage. (laughs) They don't like each other, but they're well, they're doing it because it, it's 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 political Aren't convenience. What's that? Aren't, I mean, aren't a lot of Americans and couples in general like living a lie of a marriage and a relationship? I just sounds like kind of a very common thing in this country. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm. I can't say that. I, I'm not. I'm not dissatisfied. I'm happy with my marriage. I've been together 13 years. Yeah, I know um, that's great. Yeah, you guys seem super happy, and I'm so happy that you guys are happy. It just seems like a lot of people aren't. But I'm just saying that uh, you don't want a big celebrity relationship like the Obamas, and uh, there's certain things that Big Mike doesn't want to expose. Uh, I and she does not want the job. She's not the least bit interested. And their their number two choice is Governor Gruesome, and they know Big Mike. They they could get they could get enough votes to beat Trump with Big Mike, but they can't with Gruesome. And everybody else, it's it's not even close. Which is why they're trying to arrest Trump to level the playing field. That's all it is. If they could beat mm. Trump, they, they wouldn't be going after him like they are. But if you thought yeah, sports is rigged, you, politics is like even that. more rigged than anything else. 
Oh, yeah, especially when you talk about voting, yeah. The thing is, is that Trump has to get 100 million votes in order to win. Because if it's close, and this is what I said about the 2020 election, I'm sure Trump got it stolen from him. But the thing is, is that it was so close that they were able to steal it. And it wasn't obvious. I mean, it may have been obvious to some of us, but it, like, if, if they stole the election this time around, it, it would be too obvious because the, Brandon's unfavorable rating is like at an all-time high. But if it was close, then they can they can get their their five to eight percent and and put themselves over. There's no way Brandon got eighty one million votes. They use like dead people or something like that too. Yes, of course. Oh, and the, and those those liberal states, oh they they protect those voter rolls like like it's on their life. Yeah, this person died in nineteen seventy two. But they need to be on these voter rolls. It's very important. They'll tell you that. That's wild. No, they'll they'll say that though. We need the we need we need Roger Owens who died in nineteen fifty eight to stay on these voter rolls. They don't care. They ain't never scared. You ever notice though whenever it comes to like who becomes the president after so many times it's such a flip floppy thing? Like it'll be, say, Republicans for, say, four to eight years. Then people say, uh, we need change. And then they say, let's go liberal. And then they say the same thing after so many years. And it's just flip-flop. And people never really fully wake up to that. But I'm going to say, though, and maybe I'm brainwashed, but I, I, I've never seen it this blatant where they despise a political opponent Maybe John F. Kennedy, because they assassinated him, and possibly Reagan, because they tried to assassinate. But then after the assassination attempt, he kind of came correct to the, to the New World Order. But, he got the message. Yeah. I don't think Trump is playing that game, though. But you don't think he's down with them people, too? Oh, <laughs> that, that, they wouldn't go after him this hard. I don't think yeah, so. I, like I George think Bush, faking the whole thing, and that's political theater. But uh, uh, I think I said before on here, I think he's an actor. Like George Bush, they, they George they, they gave George Bush the dirty treatment, and he loved it, in my opinion. But the thing is, is that when you have your own money, and you're not reliant on on corporate media, and this is why people tend to like Vivek Ramaswamy because he he's kind of calling them out as well. I don't know. I, I just don't think you can. I, I there's certain ways. I'm trying to word this right here. Like the, there's certain things. Like when you get into politics, all these politicians are basically almost dead broke when they become a congressperson or a senate person, and then two years in, they're they're worth over a hundred million. Like AOC, she had to borrow money to get her one-bedroom apartment in Washington, D.C., and now she's worth almost $100 million. When, when you come in with your own money like Trump did, it's a little different because he's not gaining anything. 
There's not much political influence there. Although, I will tell you, though, I'm not on the Trump, like, at all cost or anything. He did accept $1 million donation from Pfizer. Yeah, playing his role. Like like Adrian said, he's an actor. He was, where'd he come from? Mm-hmm. TV. We but, know him from The Apprentice. No, I get all that. But at the same time, look at the, if you look at certain countries, like the guy in Argentina, I love what that guy says. He talks about you don't give you don't give liberals jack dick over anything. You 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 give them an inch, they're gonna they're gonna try and run your life. I love when people say stuff like that. And the globalists are upset. I I, I just don't. I, I just like Nikki Haley. You could say Ron DeSantis. The, those types. Those are the clowns the puppets, if you will, just like what Vivek called her out and said she went bankrupt and then she started it, her family invested in, in defense contracting and now she's worth over $100 million. Mm. That That's how it is. But if you come in with your own scratch, yeah, may, maybe, you're, maybe you are willing to capitulate to certain things. But at some point you have to say, look, uh, there's certain people that can't be controlled by the globalist because if I already am worth $12 billion, what, what's your $20 million going to do for me? And that that's just, uh, you have to trust somebody, in my opinion. I, I can't just go out and say, I can't trust them all and I'm never going to vote again. I, I understand the concerns. I've done Truth Radio for 15 years. I'm willing to take my chance on this. Nah, I just I just see it because I can't ignore the fact that he came from Hollywood, which he was in that you know that industry. Not to yeah, and cool the Simpsons and was too stuff. weird for me too. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and he was cool with the with Epstein, and the Simpsons magically predicted this years ago. That's not a coincidence. So he was down. He was in the plane. And, and uh, with the Epstein story, because I know I've heard people say this, uh, just because you meet somebody, you don't know their background. But the second he found out about Epstein's background, he he removed him from his life. You're not going to know every everything about everyone until you investigate further. So, in all fairness, he, he's never fair. been to Epstein's Island. I do agree with that. You can't like stereotype my, people, but but I do think he was kind of more friends with the Clintons, and then then it maybe led on to seem me personally is what I think. But I do get the you can't, you know, because that because it is like a elevated part of society, and you meet people and shake hands with people, and photos are taken, and you know I don't like my I'm not even like there in any of those like financial brackets, social statuses, but I don't even like my picture taken with like certain groups or people. Like I don't like my picture taken, period, because you never know when it's like, going to pop uh, up. Yeah, like, like my, uh, an example I'll share. My ex-wife was friends with a lawyer here in town that went up against me, actually. Now, that's not the issue. The issue is that last year the uh, he was he, he was found guilty of of killing somebody in a political move. 
And uh, so it's like, well, I'm not going to say, well, uh, even though I don't like my ex-wife, that uh, I'm not going to say she's evil because she was friends with him. It's not her fault that he went, he went crazy and killed somebody for um, spilling some dirt on him. So I, I can't really use the Epstein thing. Island. You go on somebody's island and there's a reason they say birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, but he never went there though, so you can't. He's not on the rolls. So if he if his name was on the rolls, and I've said this about some celebrities too, and I'll equate this to like a drug dealer. If you're a drug dealer and somebody's buying from you for the first time, you're not going to let them on your block. You're going to go meet them at a at a McDonald's down the street. The second time, you might let them come around your house, not 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 to your house, but like maybe a block or two over. At about the fourth or fifth time, you'll say, all right, I, I think I trust you. Uh, I'll meet you out front of my house. That, that, that's why if you see somebody once, they could have said, well, I wasn't interested. He's not going to sell everybody on, hey, I got kids at my, at my island. Do you want to come see them uh, when he's never been there before? Why would you spill the beans on that? I mean, you want to feel people out first. Yeah, no, we. I get what you're saying with that. I just, I just can't get over the Simpsons episode where they predicted he'd be president and that he was like, "What? What happened to him in that episode? Was he like killed in the episode well, or something?" Didn't Honestly, they? Was it the Simpsons also that predicted that Kobe Bryant would die in a in a, in a helicopter? That's wild. Yep. There was like two shows and a tweet. Uh, the family guy. The family guy talked about Bruce Jenner being uh, being a woman like years before that even happened. Yep, I remember that. Psyop. A hundred percent. So while we're on this topic, actually, Proof, can we uh, can we talk about and ask? Our guest about his uh, talking about you know uh, Lobo his uh, your YouTube videos with other topics that you talk about like what goes on in Hollywood. Oh, by all means, yeah. Mm. Take whatever time you need and tell us about what you do. That that's what you're here for. There's no sense in coming on uh, a show if you can't promote yourself. Uh, pretty much anything in Hollywood, whether it be MK Ultra, Monarch Celebrities, Monarch. Athletes. Um, I got a video on. What clothing. is that? The monarch. Monarch. Are you talking about the butterflies, like showing the butterfly symbolism, or what does that mean? Yes, yeah, of that. Basically, a monarch athlete or celebrity would be someone who is groomed from birth to do what they're doing now. For example, like a simple one, Michael Jackson. His whole life, he was his path was you are going to be an entertainer. He fulfilled that role. Jaden Smith. As far as a, uh, I, I would say if you want to talk about sports uh, with that equation, you could say Tiger Woods. Definitely. Tom Brady, uh, Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, a lot of those. Steph Curry. So any prominent athlete or actor, celebrity, musician, especially nowadays when they're on their, like, what, second, third generation from family. Just look at 
who their dad was, who their mom was, and how they their past or how they got to where they were. Well, that that's not always a guarantee, but you are right though that a lot of times, uh, it, it's like like Peyton Manning, for example. Yeah, his dad. You could say his brother Eli, to a lesser extent, I guess. That that's a legacy right there, or Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. But then you have Bobby Bonds and his son, Barry, which also played baseball. But there was Bobby Bonds Jr. that totally sucked in, in the minor leagues. Uh, Pete Rose no, Jr. sucked. One that doesn't make it. If you have, like, say, three children, like like the balls. Like there's LeVar Ball, the face. LaMelo, yeah. the one that plays for the Hornets, who's like the star. Lonzo had all the hype. But a lot of injuries throughout his career, but he still made it to the league. And then there's Leangelo, who was the one who got in trouble for stealing stuff in China. And he had it like he was close to making it fully to the league, but never really got there. Yeah. Same with the Mannings. But I mean, and when now you they're on the it, grandkids. Yeah, yeah, like like Arch Manning for Texas. But you look, there's just too many players in, say, the NFL, the NBA, and you look and see their dad played in the league or such and such, and it's like, okay. there's some, They call it a brotherhood for a reason. It's a fraternity, they say. It. So it's clearly something about you having to follow the agenda to get in. But once again, though, going back to the, all the sports – it's much harder to make it in baseball because there's so many levels of minor leagues and it takes three to five years of being in the minor leagues usually to get in. Whereas basketball, you're drafted in and you're usually on the team right then and there or football for that matter. Cause there's not a minor league system really. Uh, kind of there is now And with football. You got like the XFL and stuff like that. If the New York Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, sucks, you just don't call up somebody. You have to go scouting around on who who's looking for work. Basketball, they do yeah, have a minor yeah, league team for the most part. There's not necessarily direct farmers, but I'd say it's hard to make it the NBA because they only have 60 draft picks total. And you got to think about how many That's colleges. That's true, and then there's only, there's only 12 active people on a team at any given time, and there's – up to 15, but three could be deactivated or healthy scratches. Yeah, yeah, they might send them down to the G League for a little bit, put them on a 10-day, or they'll ship them overseas, keep tabs on them, bring them back, and let them develop that way too. And then as far as, uh, say, like Hollywood celebrities and stuff like that, you could just, like I said, you can just look. Typically, the ones that say their parents had a military background, I've noticed, is one of the biggest tales. Obviously, if they was in the industry, but like a military background, they were born like a military base. Like uh, Martin Lawrence, for example, he was born in Germany. And then you track his career and how he ended up getting to where he was. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't paid much attention to who's military and who's not. I'm not a big military guy, but I understand exactly what you're saying, though. Yeah, I didn't know the term for a monarch celebrity until now. That's very interesting. That's actually fascinating. One of my friends, um, we'll have to bring him on here too. Uh, he, in, in that, that video that I sent you, 
the other day proof about the, you know, the mental health field and how, I mean, not to get too far off subject and, but, you know, like that they're keeping people traumatized. It's interesting you say that about the celebrities, you know, um, mm. one of my friends was just talking the other day about how like they, they, uh, use trauma based mind control in the industries, uh, that they, you know, like specifically Satanists will use trauma-based mind control to their victims and people that they kidnap and like people that they traumatize and they traumatize them for control. Um, kind of sounds like similar to MK Ultra. So, you know, it's just interesting that you start talking about monarch celebrities, people that are bred, like, you know, like I don't even want to use the word bred, I mean, born, you know, to do certain things. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's true. Like, especially when you mention, like, MKUltra and stuff, because they get, like, high doses of LSD when they do it. That way they can have an ego death and they can destroy that ego so it's easier to control them. Of course, give them a handler so if they start acting out, they can get them back in line real quick. And that's why you see a lot of celebrities, they'll randomly rehab, come back with blind hair. Uh, they'll get locked, rappers get locked up and come back looking different with blonde hair, just looking completely different. Like, it's not even them anymore. Kanye West, when he oh, went on he that just made me, You made me okay. think of back in the day, there was Mystical, the guy that did Shaky Ass. I remember Mystical, yeah. I remember him. Uh, who else? Oh, yeah, like I was saying, with Kanye West, when he went on that rant in 20, you know, 2016 in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. He talked about uh, Hillary Clinton, Nicki Minaj, Drake, Beyonce, and all them, like, big-name people. And next thing you know, he get handcuffed to a gurney, like, right afterwards. And then he ended up coming back, looking different with blonde hair, taking a picture next to Trump. And he ain't been right ever since. No, I feel... I. I'm not, I don't feel sorry for that many celebrities, but I do for Kanye because I feel like his heart could be in the right place, but he, he just totally lost himself on how to get his message out. I don't know how to say it any better, but he, he, him trying to sell his message sucks. Oh, now definitely. Yeah, that is. When people say I miss the old Kanye, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Like when he was running for president, uh, I actually, uh, let me see if I still have the clip here. Because I I, I actually took the commercial and I'm, I'm listening to it like this is like the best commercial I've ever heard for a presidential campaign. Uh, I want to play it for you. America. What is America's destiny? What is best for our nation? our people what is just true justice we have to think about all these things together as a people to contemplate our future to live up to our dream we must have vision we as a people will revive our nation's commitment to faith to what our constitution calls the free exercise of religion including of course prayer through prayer faith can be restored we as a people are called to a greater purpose than ourselves. We are not only a beacon to the world, but we should be servants to each other, to encourage each other, to help each other, to lift up each other, 
our fellow Americans, that we may all prosper together. We have to act on faith with the sure knowledge that we are pursuing the right goals and doing the right things. We will build a stronger country by building stronger families. Families are the building blocks of society, of a nation. By turning to faith, we will be the kind of nation, the kind of people God intends us to be. You can't find a more positive presidential commercial than that. Yeah, for real. That was a good commercial. And then you hear him talk and and what he did on the Alex Jones show, what was that, last year, year and a half ago? uh, Mm -hmm. It can't be the same person. There's no way. Yeah, it's like Kanye. Maybe he got sense. Yeah. There we go. I mean, I mean, I know it sounds, and, and, and I used to look at people that, like, set, you know, I had a friend one time, and she'll have to call in as a guest, and she, you know, she talks about some other stuff, and, you know, like, she, you know, when she started talking to me about the clones, and, you know, some people aren't real people, I was looking at her, and I was like, what is he saying to me right now? Like, what are you saying? And then I just so happened to have a friend stumble upon a man named Arthur L. Kaplan, I believe is his name. And when you look him up and you look at his bio and his records, he had a job, and I think it's something, and if I'm not getting this title exactly right, I'll, you know, correct myself, but he was like, he's a, I think he has a Ph.D. in bioethics, and he actually – was a served as a as an advisory on an advisory committee for the UN chair on human cloning. Like why does the UN have a cloning advisory committee if a human cloning advisory committee if they're not cloning humans? And that was really my because if you can show me facts like things, you know, like why do they have that if they're not doing that? That's just strange to me. And then you have things like the Human Genome Project. So what that makes me think of. Yeah, I mean, the first one, a lot of ones that people think of immediately is uh, Kanye being one of them, but Dave Chappelle. And he came back looking different. And then one of his cousins and stuff was talking about what they did to his whole original family and all that stuff. Well, I was going to say the most obvious one was Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. Missing oh, head I ain't tattoos. heard nothing about that. What do y'all got on that? Uh, Jamie Foxx basically was fighting for his life. They said he's he was his brain was a uh, half dead. Uh, all, all type of stuff, basically in critical condition. And then the next thing you know, he's play, they saying he's playing pickleball, top golf, being spotted top golf. He's on a yacht. Uh, he's helped. Some lady lost her purse, so he helped her and stuff, making all these TMZ appearances after basically battling for his life. After he mentioned some stuff about what goes on at Diddy's parties, coincidentally, quote unquote. And now he comes back looking different, missing a head tattoo, stuff like that. 
back. And then I, I heard, you know, one of my favorite Kevin Gates songs is uh, Plug's Daughter, too. And, you know, he, he says they're indicting the clone or something like that. Something like, he's talking about being cloned. And I'm like, what? Like, I just found that song. I think it came out a couple years ago, but I just found it a couple months ago. And it's, like, bumping. And so I've been, like, listening to it repetitively because that's what I do when I get new bangers, you know. I wear them out. But, you know, I noticed that line in there, and I was like, what? And then, you know, like, people say Kodak was cloned, and I came out of jail different. And then they came out with this movie called They Cloned Tyrone. And I haven't watched it yet, but I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, somebody did ask, like, okay, well, what would the purpose be of cloning celebrities? Like, why would they be cloning rappers? And I don't really have an answer for them, but, I mean, it's just weird that they got, you know, it's cause the political messages. Like, these are well, I don't know if they're gonna either. if they're gonna continue they to clone rappers because rap rap isn't as popular as it was even five years ago. There, there's kind of a lull in music right now. That we're we're out there actively looking for a new style of music, but the globalists don't want anything that could become any anthems. Like in the '60s, there were so many protest songs between the '60s and '70s, and they they really don't want anything like that to pop off again. No, the thing with rappers, though, is you have to realize how many generations they've affected, too. Like a Gucci man, prime example, he went in he went in jail fat, had an underbite and all this stuff. He came out fit. Uh, tattoos mm-hmm. had been moved on his body, different teeth, different the way his jaw was from the underbite to no longer having the underbite, all this different stuff. is The fact he's influenced so many people that have grown up listening to Gucci man at a younger age, and then he goes to jail, comes out, and then they rebrand him because, again, these are brands we're talking about. And he can push an influence and affect a different demographic and a larger demographic than before. Notice he cleaned up his image and now he's more acceptable to the white people and stuff like that. That's why. Part of the reason why. That's like there is a. I got to see if I can get you to come on when I have a. There's another one of my friends that comes on sometimes. His name is Ninja Scroll. He was at one time part of the Wu-Tang Clan, and he, he broke off into his own group called the Zoo Ninjas. And he had a show here on Freedomizer, and he he runs a record label now. Okay, that's cool. Freedomizer. But, yeah, it's only he only does, like, Christian-based music now. That's kind of like Pusha T's brother. He went from being in the clips and then he went to yes. the Christian rap lane. Hey, that's common for people that don't want to get involved in this uh, in the cult stuff. It's like they, they go another direction. Yeah, they try to run as far away from it as possible because they realize, hey, I ain't really cut out for this. You're talking about clips, or, right, uh, where his name was Malice, then he, now he calls himself No Malice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mace, I guess, was uh, bullied by Puffy back in the day, and so he went Christian. Um, Mm -hmm. There's others I can't think of right now, but, yeah, that happens. Yeah, they go in in with one idea of what the lifestyle is, and then they realize, oh, it ain't. It's not what you expect it to be. 
you know, somebody I thought was going to be huge, but then they got run off the side of the road. Someone else with Puff Daddy, Craig Mack. Mm-hmm. Flavor in you. The brand new flavor in your ear. I thought he was going to be the next big thing, but then he had a beef with the other person that Puffy had, which was Notorious B.I.G., and so Puff just cut him out. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, in entertainment industry, especially in rap, that's if you want to move up, you got to give somebody up. So yeah. that's how it goes. I mean, look at the Migos, the Takeoff, Quavo, Offset. Now there's only two of them. And ain't it something that the other two that are alive, Quavo and Offset, just so happen to drop solo albums after Takeoff dies? Uh, it didn't work with TLC, though. Oh, no. But let me ask you this, then. Do you know about the conspiracy with, with Paul McCartney on the Beatles? What was it that no, I don't. There was what is that? Paul McCartney? Yes. Paul McCartney? That's Jesse McCartney's dad? Uh, I suppose. But Paul McCartney with the Beatles, allegedly, he was in a car accident and died in 1967. And the guy that they had replace him, he just recently won a lookalike contest. (laughs) Oh, wow. And as it turns out, the next album they made was their final album. And then you had Mm. George Harrison that would call him Paul because he was fake Paul. You can look up the Beatles conspiracy theory and that might be an interesting video for you to make. Yeah, I like that idea a lot, man. It's just fortunate for, for Paul, I guess, that he had actual talent. Because even if he was spoon-fed everything and said, do this and do that, you still have to do the damn thing, and he did it to his credit. Yeah, you still got to execute, for sure. Speaking That's of which, like, did uh, you hear the new Beatles song a couple weeks ago? Nah, what's it called? Now and then. So, I, I don't know if you like Beatles music. I, I, I'm hit and miss with them. Some stuff I think is excellent. Some I think is way overrated. But I have to respect them as the greatest band ever. And that that's not just my decision. But uh, I'm not. Uh, I ain't listened to Beatles in a minute. I'm not going to lie. No, but you have to respect them as the most famous band ever. Yeah. I, I mean, what's that. next? The Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Beatles were bigger than either one of them. Say the Beatles, but also that's still one of the things that could still could be a generational thing too, to a certain extent. Whether it be any fact. Yeah, but nobody's know. nobody's come close to what the Beatles did, and I wasn't even alive at that time. I'm just talking about music in general. I ain't talking about the Beatles. No, I know. I'm saying nobody had that kind of chart success. Uh, you could say to a point maybe Michael Jackson, but that would be like Michael Jackson having ten albums in like six years doing that kind of thing. I mean, he, Michael Jackson that. would have needed nine more thrillers. I don't know, man. I still consider Michael Jackson the go to music because he's the only artist you can say had hits, timeless hits from when he was a child to the time he dies as an adult. No one has done it. Justin Bieber, the only one who came close. Well, that's that's not even close, but I, I understand what you're saying. 
Yeah. But you're making me well, we can discuss if that. Michael Jackson was a monarch child celebrity. Definitely. Definitely was. I mean, it wasn't just well, he had help from Barry Gordy, though. Him and Daniel. Yeah, exactly. But Janet Jackson didn't have it that easy. It took Janet Jackson four albums in order to get going. Yeah, she wasn't necessarily the chosen one. That's why. And Jermaine Jackson, I thought, had a ton of talent. But he had a few top 40 hits, but nothing really that stands out. You know those producers like little boys, though. Have you heard the stories of what used to happen to the Jackson Files before they used to perform backstage and stuff? No, I have not. No, nah, they was uh, allegedly was getting touched on, and it was part of their like ri- their rituals and stuff before they would perform as kids. Uh, it's possible. I obviously we were, we weren't there, and Michael's not here to defend himself, so uh, it's possible. I believe it. I, as far as if Michael Jackson did that with others or not, I, I don't know. Uh, obviously, we weren't there. It, it's not like he couldn't have the opportunity, but part of me says he had no childhood, and he wanted to make friends like he didn't as a kid. And I think a lot of it could have been him being trapped in a, in a child's thoughts because he never had a childhood. And who knows what actually happened to him, like, with the brainwashing and stuff that goes on in Hollywood. Like, you know, like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, Michael Jackson was a pedophile. And, like, you're right. Like, we don't know. Like, things probably did happen to him. And who knows what he did. But I know I saw clips of him saying they are brainwashing our kids. You know, he was, like, up on a literal podium talking about the people that write these textbooks are, like, brainwashing the children and you know what I mean? And that was after he already bleached his skin and stuff, and he was, like, up there talking like that. And I just think it's, you know, it's strange. Like, who knows what actually but happened. I, I think, though, but part of part of me says I think he was starting to figure some of this stuff out because that that's when he said no to some of this stuff is when, is when all these rumors came out. And then mm-hmm. he wrote that song, They Don't Care About Us. And he sings about how the globalists don't care about the 99%. So, I don't know. And and the thing is, is that when you have a childhood like that and you're in the spotlight, and it would be easy for people that don't know the background to say, yeah, he's this and he's that, because they don't know him. And uh, the media can spend anybody into anything. That is so. There is one. So I like to give Michael Jackson the the benefit of the doubt on this because we don't know, and we're not going to dig up his body to to find out. But I I just I just look at that as a childhood that never happened. Oh, yeah. I wasn't even talking about Michael Jackson. I was talking about the producers that, you know, like the producers and, and, you know, all those weirdos, like, like in children. I wasn't even talking about that. I don't really believe what they say about anyone, you know, and even people that say that, you know, all celebrities worship the devil and all celebrities are pedophiles. I think that that is very sad that, 
most people, especially in the truth movement, they think that about all these people because it's like it is a wide generalization and I don't think that any of them understand what that's like to be surrounded by that and to also be in an elevated state of society and have an elevated state of consciousness knowing that like you know like devil worship and all that stuff going on around you and then like everyone just automatically assuming that you're associated with it just because you maybe got he and had some albums go you know up on the charts or because you got a certain role in a movie automatically you know certain sects of society are just automatically accusing you of being a devil worshiper and a pedophile you know what i'm saying like i I make sure to tell people like you know not all it's not all of them and there's probably some there that they don't acknowledge that or they know what's going on and they don't delve into it too much, but then they're kind of ostracized, you know, by the public, you know? The thing is this though, is you got to look at when they take pictures, a lot of them always do the triple sixes. They wearing the black and white checkerboard pattern. A lot of them keep, you keep seeing the same patterns with these celebrities and pictures and you keep noticing yeah. who they're taking pictures with. And one of them being uh, like, for example, Jay-Z was cool with Marina Abramovich who is openly talking about spirit cooking and all this other demonic stuff. And you look at who else has been taking pictures with her, who's going to the Met Gala, and you see this mm-hmm. one-eye symbolism on the clothing, left and right. And you you can't ignore it to this point. They throw it in your face over and over at this point, so you can't really ignore it. They tell you who you're with to your face. Yeah, but not everybody that's in music is into that stuff. But But I will tell you, anybody... Because people can accidentally have one or two hits, and then after that is when they try to come for you. And then if you don't, if you don't get on that new world order tip, then you might not have another hit. Yeah, I say like the one hit wonders are the ones they tried to go after, and they turned it down. And they were like, "All right, we're gonna blackball him and make sure they don't get that traction ever again." But well, whenever they don't even have to blackball, they just say, "Okay, we're not gonna promote you. You're gonna have to do it on your own." thing is he fell off when it wasn't he didn't fall off it's just that upper echelon wasn't really rocking with him like that i'm gonna put it like that and that's that's where i was thinking with uh, with craig mack because they're i'll tell you i believe that the people with the most talent that they, they might have accidentally had one or two hits maybe they didn't even get on the top 40 charts but they're probably some of the best artists you're ever going to meet just uh, i just refuse to think that britney spears is one of the best female musicians ever because there's at least 500 women that 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 can sing a lot better than her that may may not have had one or two hits if that hey she was popping she was popping okay yeah but how much of it did she write by herself i'm not sure but she was popping and I watched the Britney Spears documentary actually a couple weeks ago. It was pretty long, but it was uh, very interesting, you know. She was in, like, a high-speed chase with the paparazzi, had, like, 75 cars chasing her, and, like, it was just oh, about I, her. I, I, I've heard of that. But you I'm just saying that the, the music industry built her up, though, whereas somebody that you might never know could have been one of the best singers ever, but they didn't get that prop up because they – they didn't go to the Mickey Mouse Club. They they didn't they they were not in doctrine, so therefore they didn't make it just based on the people who they don't know. 
That's where I'm coming from. For every Britney Spears, there's 500 people that could sing better, but they just didn't get that opportunity to show off in front of the globalists. Oh, definitely. That, too. And then sometimes record labels, they might just want to be done with the artist and shelf them. And it's an artist that was super talented, but they didn't know what to do with them, how to promote them. So they said, oh, we found your replacement. Like uh, here, I used to have a my uh, I used to have a different radio show that I kept for just over a year based on uh, the Hot 100 chart for Billboard, and I, I wanted to focus on all the the artists and songs that either just barely had a hit that made the top 40 or never made the top 40 whatsoever, and so I would focus on some of the the best songs that Casey Kasem never got the countdown. So I, I'm a I'm a Billboard chart historian, so that that's uh, that, that's where that focus came into. Mm. So I I know a lot about music, and I, I had a show about it, and I would I would showcase stuff. Like one of my favorite one hit wonders ever, uh, from 1975, there was a song by a lady called Minnie Ripperton called Missing You. I think Burger King made it into a commercial once. That was a number one song, and then she had nothing on the top 40 charts. She she had like three or four other songs on the R&B charts in the late 70s and early 80s, but could not replicate. And, and some of her stuff was quality, though, but just never, never got that exposure again. And sometimes artists peak too soon, too. Like, they get too many hits too fast before they actually establish a real fan base. Mm -hmm. But you would think if somebody had a number one song that they would at least have a second single that would do okay. Yeah, usually. Yeah, usually. How well do you know your 1990s rap? How do you know 1990s rap? Are you pretty uh, fluent in 90s rap? Yeah, grew up in 94, or born in 94. Yeah. So uh, uh, you may have heard this one. There was a a guy that had one hit, and it wasn't even, it like only got to number 90 on the Billboard chart. Chubb Rock. Treat him right. Mm, That's like one of my favorite rap songs ever. And... It's somewhat popular, but it, I just can't believe he couldn't he couldn't make it. Did he ever get uh, signed and stuff too, or was he independent when he did it? I never looked at his record label, but uh, if you write that down, Shub Rock, are you on Facebook by any chance? If so, Adrian can I hook am. us both up. All right, for sure. So if you if you make friends with uh, with Adrian, I'll hook you up with uh, with my other friend, that Ninja Scroll guy as well. And I would really like to have a music conversation with you uh, later on. Okay, that sounds good. Let me ask you though, what, what do you think about Missy Elliott making the 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 Rock Hall of Fame? It's. <sighs> I don't know, it's weird to me, because I feel like when I say Rock Hall of Fame, it should be strictly rock music. But I guess it's not really a hip-hop Hall of Fame, so I guess it's where you got to put them. 
No, I get that, and I was going back and forth, but I, I voted for her. I mean, she was revolutionary. I guess she is the best female rapper as far as chart hits go to the uh, to this date. Mm. And the thing is that I noticed with her is that she'll work with anybody. It doesn't matter what language you speak, what skin color you are. She doesn't care what kind of music you do. She'll work with you. And I respect that. Yeah, Missy Ella was a It's like there's no comfort zone with her. And I think that's what made her best. But you think she was the greatest female rapper of all time? As far as chart hits go, is she the best ever? No. But she was the most successful as far as chart Mm. history goes. And peak positions. I don't, I, I, Nicki Minaj might be the second, but yeah, I'm not going to say Nicki Minaj has talent necessarily, but as far as like top 10 hits and things like that, Missy Elliott stands alone. No, no, Nicki Minaj can rap. I think the thing that really hurt her is when she went the pop route. Well, of course it made her, you know, bigger. I agree with that. But it ultimately shot herself in the foot. Kind of like when Lil Wayne did rock. But I respect that, though. When, when like, when Little, Ray, Little Wayne does rock or Public Enemy, they, they go a diff- bunch of different directions. I, I like when people don't put themselves in one box and say this is it. So That's if they bad. try and fail, I'd rather them do that. But, like, with the Little Wayne, with the rock thing, it's like, okay, there had to be someone in the studio to tell you, like, yo, this ain't it, like... Well, That's Cypress you, Hill did the same thing, though. Yeah, it's true. I think Wayne did it, though, after, like, he, like, right at his peak. And I think that's what ultimately hurt him. So it kind of slowed his momentum a little bit during his run, peak run, should I say. Yeah, I, I, I'm not opposed to that, though. I know exactly what you're saying, but I like when Pete, when artists take those risks, even if it if it don't work. Uh, hey, you tried it. I I, I respect that. Like, uh, who was I? Like Jay Z. I don't I don't see him really stepping out of his box. Yeah, yeah. Jay Z hasn't really stepped out of his box any. Like, of course, wrapped over more updated beats, but that's really about it. Ludacris stepped out of his comfort zone. I'll give him that. Ludacris did. Yeah. See, I, I think we're we're phasing out Adrian here because you and I work on music and she doesn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I feel um, bad. I don't currently. I would like to at some point, like, make some, but I got to be, like, in the right vibe. Like, I got to be in the right space to, like, when I got other things that are more important, like, it's really hard for me to... Mm-hmm. Um, like paint or do any sort of art because I am a little rigid sometimes. <laughs> but see, no, the, this is what I've said back back when I was in my twenties. I toured the country as a professional stand-up comic, and and obviously I've done radio for for as long as I have. I, I've published a few electronic albums. One thing I will say, being that I'm now 51 years old is that when you're young, you got to try something. 
I just, I, it just bothers me when someone's 20 years old and they stay at the same job for 30 years and don't grow as a person. It's just that you have that opportunity to do something. And it's just nice to have that creative side because, and I don't care if it's art, whether it's music, sports, photography, I don't really care. I just think that when you're young, you have to try and, and just do something that, that is fun because you're not going to get that opportunity when you're 50, 60 years old. I mean, maybe you will, but it's just fun to, to see what you're good at. And you, you could change people just because you uh, decided to, to grow as a person and, and to try something different. Yeah, I am kind of bad at having fun sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I listen to rap music for fun, but, you know, um, like as far as like having fun, doing things that bring joy, like that aren't like business matters, it's a little hard sometimes to like lighten up, like loosen up. So I am kind of working on that. Like that's something that I'm trying to work on the next year. Um is doing things because I, I yeah I would like to like go to some film festivals and stuff like that and uh like play around with uh, I'm talking about like creating your own work and, and doing stuff for you uh Lobo have you have you produced any albums of your own yeah I've done uh EDM done rap music yeah okay and then Adrian on I've been drawn since I was two years old so I can relate with the drawing thing for sure so you see where I'm going, where everybody has to have a creative side, because if you don't, uh, like I have my cartoons still that I do. Just giving examples, I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. It's just that I feel everybody should have a creative outlet, and sometimes they're successful in sharing what you do. And the I, I, I've failed more times than most people have even attempted to do something, and I'm okay with that. But a lot of times, it's not, uh, sometimes it's not about failing. It's about uh, you could draw from that experience and and you can, you could use that towards other avenues. Like I I spent eight and a half years as a stand-up comic and look at me, I'm doing radio now talking about New World Order and people ask me, how do you handle all the negative news? And I'm like, well, I have, I, I put in 40 hours a week here. But there's more to me than just Freedomizer Radio. And uh, I just think everybody should do that. I, if you focus too much on the negative, you're not going to get anything accomplished. So that's where the creativeness comes in. So you can, you can, you can focus uh, on several avenues at the same time. Who's your favorite stand-up comedian? Uh, I might have to go with Stephen Wright or Mitch Hedberg, one of those two. I don't think I've heard of either of them now that I think about it. When, uh, when just they, when were really they fast, one-liner type stuff, just in and out of each joke and not, not telling like a long story or anything, just in and out, in and out, in and out. I, I, I like that. Mm, I got you. 
Yeah, I grew up a big, still a big fan of him. <laughs> Excuse me, Eddie Griffin. Okay. I like the way that he can he can tell stories if he needs to. He can hit you with one-liners. And then he'll also sprinkle in something that will educate you as well, too. Yeah, except now if I went out and tried to do stand-up comedy, I'd be canceled immediately. Oh, yeah, you can't say this, you can't say that, I know. And I, I don't even curse, I don't get dirty on stage, but because I'm not a Democrat, and it's blatantly obvious that I'm not, I don't, I don't say Trump, 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 Trump all day, but I, I'm not a Democrat, so I, I, I can't sell the agenda, which is why some comedians don't get their, their TV breakthroughs is because they are not the mold of person that, that the globalists necessarily want. There's a reason why Eddie yeah, Griffin I, hasn't I, been successful in a, in a sitcom. Oh, yeah, I remember in the interview he mentioned he didn't even like working on Malcolm and Eddie. He didn't like, he, he didn't feel, exactly. like he was free, he was too constricted there. Yeah, other than the Dave Chappelle show, you don't see people banging on his door and say, uh, would you like to do a sitcom on NBC? Yeah, that's true. I don't even know. Are there really any big sitcoms now? I have no clue. Well, we gave up our TV over two years ago. Because I don't hear anything about any, like, big-time sitcoms or anything. I haven't heard that since, like, what, Friends? Yeah, I think that was probably the last one. I think, well, what was that one with the science, Big Bang Theory? And How I Met Your Mother, yeah, I think those were the last big ones. Yeah, yeah, that was true. I, I can't name you a TV show after that. I, could, I don't even know if I could either. I couldn't name you one that's actually on TV. I just yeah, want I to know what happened to Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan. Uh, we we met Miranda time. Cosgrove once. That was cool. Oh, from uh, iCarly in uh, Drake and Josh, yeah. Yes. What's she yeah, she was at a music festival here, and she was doing autographs. I took my kids to meet her, and we got pictures and got her autograph and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yes, the last I heard, did she reboot the iCarly? Because for a while, she quit acting and just went to school. Yeah, they did reboot that, Carly. That's right. It's like on Paramount or something. But, yeah, they re- re- rebooted like they do everything now. I'm just surprised they brought the same people back. Except for Jeanette McCurdy, whoever her friend was. Sam or whatever her name was. Yeah. I would love to get her on the show, like, she wrote a oh, book she called. Spilled, she spilled the beans about Nickelodeon, so they're they're never bringing her back. Yeah. Well, she didn't her. want to come back. They apparently they asked her, and she did not want to come back. And she was like trying to get into music, and like she yeah she called them out for the favoritism, and then she also called them out like she wrote a book, and apparently it's about the creator exactly. of like. Drake and Josh, because, you know, I, like, a couple months ago, I was like, you know, I kind of want to rewatch this, you know, like, kind of like childhood, nostalgia type thing, so I started watching, like, Drake and Josh, you know, and then all of a sudden, I was like, I want to Google this, and, like, 
you know, who made Drake and Josh? And then I started Googling, like, Nickelodeon stars and any cases of, you know, like, you know, because there's, like, pedophilia that goes on, like, in that industry. So I, like, Googled it, and I was, like, you know, like, so I was trying to make a connection. And apparently, like, Drake Bell, like, you know, Drake from Drake and Josh, like, he he was – he got charged with something, like, 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 dirty, like, with involving children. Like, it was, like, perverted. Yeah, I want to say he was caught playing with kids. I don't know to what what extent, but, yeah. Yeah, and he kind of just, like, let off, and the judge was, like, and I was, like, I was not shocked, but I was, like, wow, like, they, these kids are groomed in Hollywood. Like, they're being groomed, and then they're growing up to be, like, freaking rapists, and, like, child touchers like but they were touched as children you know what I mean and like it's like crazy like I was like really like wow and then it turns out the same guy you know and and then well to back it up re-watching the show you just see these random perverted jokes in there as an adult that you don't really catch as like a preteen or a teenager even you know what I mean like or a younger you know, like 9, 11, 12, however old we were when we were watching that, or at least yeah. me, you know, my generation, you see these dirty, inappropriate jokes, like bestiality jokes and stuff, and you're like, wow, what the, what is this? And, like, that guy that made Drake and Josh, Nesby Classified, all those oh, shows. Oh, Dan Schneider. Same guy. Dan Schneider. Yeah. Well, Jeanette McCurdy wrote a book, and it was called, I think it's called I'm Glad My Mom Died, and it's like a, a, like a, and I haven't got it yet to read it, but I would, like, definitely really like to talk to that girl and, uh, you know, tell her, like, you know, it's okay that you wrote this book. Like, it's okay you wrote it, and it's okay you put that title, because that title would disturb a lot of people. Like, I'm glad my mom died. You know what I mean? Like, some people would be like, wow, she's bitter. But, you know, like, her mom made her be an actor and an actress and she, a child actress, and she wanted to be in the music industry and write her own music. And so she just told her story there. And I don't think she actually refers to Snyder in the book by his name. I think she just calls him the creator from what I read. And I could be completely wrong on this. I don't think she had any any bad blood towards the co-host. I think she was just upset at the... Dan Schneider and, uh, as you said, the creator. Yeah, I was reading because I started digging into this like late at night after I after I found that I just started digging in and then I was like, wow, she wrote a book and then I was like, wow, like what is going on here? And then it's like she got like pretty upset that you know she had a second role in that show with Cat or whatever the redheaded girl. Amanda uh, uh, oh, Ariana Grande. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it says that she still kind of talks to Miranda Cosgrove, but she doesn't um, have any intentions in coming back on, like, Nickelodeon or being involved with the show at all. And apparently she was offered a very large sum of money um, as well. And she, I guess she declined it. Hmm. See, I didn't. I, I really haven't followed up on that in the last year or so. Oh yeah, I really dug in, like literally, just like a month and a half ago, and I was like telling all my friends, I was like, they are, they are like grooming these kids, and then they are growing up to be groomers, and this is a cycle, 
And this is crazy because, like, you know, all the girls were, like, in love with Drake Bell, you know, when he was on Drake and Josh. And then it's like now he's a dusty pedophile. Like, I don't know. That's like uh, Kyle Massey from Corey in the house. He got busted for that stuff, too, around the same time. Oh, my gosh. I read that, too. I did, couldn't remember his name, but now that you're saying that, I'm like, because I was skimming through, but I was mostly reading through with the Drake Bell thing. But, yeah, him, too. Yeah, goes you know back what's to funny about life. that show is that Ashton Kutcher doesn't want anything to do with those people. With with who? That 70s show. I didn't know about that. It didn't Ashton Kutcher, for the most part, get out of Hollywood? No. He was in, I mean, he was on Punk. Uh, he had, obviously, was in movies and stuff, one with Bernie Mac. Um, what was it? He I'm was talking in about, like, in the, last, in the last three to five years. Three to five years? I don't think I've seen him in anything since Two and a Half Men. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, if I remember right, he moved to Montana with his wife, who I think still does Family Guy. Oh, Mila Kunis. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Aw, uh, he's married. Sad. Well, I mean, I guess it's happened. Oh, they've been married. Like, you know, tragic. They've been married. But Mila can just do Family Guy. It's just voiceover work. And for the most part, I think they're, I'm not saying they're retired from acting, but they're not actively looking for work. Mm, I got you. Mark Wahlberg said he retired from the, from the Hollywood scene. He lives here in Vegas. Hmm. Yeah, now I think I haven't seen a movie, a new movie with Mark Wahlberg in a minute. Yeah, and you have Rob Schneider out there doing stand-up, and, and he's Christian and and uh, talking against the gene therapies and exposing globalism. Oh, he's not going to get another show. I don't think he Come cares. On, Rob Schneider with the curly hair, Rob Schneider? Yeah, the what was he in? I know he was in Saturday Night Live, but I don't remember anything else he's done. I know he was in a lot of Adam Sandler's movies. Which one? Uh, Shallow Howl, I think, was one of them. I think it was like him and I think Jack Black. I think Rob Schneider was in that. That that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, I remember him now. (laughs) I I did not know that. That is wild. Yeah, if if, if you ever see where actors in their prime, just quit Hollywood. A lot of it is because they don't want to be involved in this stuff. Well, yeah. And then the ones that are still there, obviously have no problem being involved in it. So I, I don't know how long uh, Adrian told you to stay on with us. You're welcome to hang out. Um, yeah, but I, I don't... Uh, you- Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, tell us more about like your YouTube, like your content. Um, uh, see, uh, yeah, we talked about um, Hollywood. <laughs> Excuse me. 
And then, of course, it talked about, like, the technocracy, how they push different things, whether it be artificial intelligence, which they pushed, started really pushing heavy in 2020. Like, when everybody was locked in the house, every commercial you saw was either for some new AI product. It was something that they wanted to market. Yeah, you were actually telling me on the the Uber ride, you were telling me a a bit about, like, that you talk about AI a little bit. Like, what do you talk about with AI, like, in regards, like, to smart cities or something, or what do you go into? A little bit of that, but primarily more so things like how they have the the AI robots that they are eventually going to push out there, Um, how everything with automation, whether it be, like, just something simple like self-checkout, but then also things like how they have, who was it at McDonald's? They had a robot that was flipping burgers. Like to the point, it would just take away like very simple jobs that used to be just regular minimum wage jobs as well. Artificial intelligence with uh, police machines too. Yeah, I was in Vegas a couple months ago, and there was a robot that came up. To our table, and you were in Vegas without telling me. Well, we had no. Uh, it was not. Uh, <laughs> it was pre coming on the show. No, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. I'll definitely tell you the next time I'm out there. But at one of the like at one of the restaurants we went to, there was a robot like going around the tables, and we just like were like. Yeah, no, like, but it was weird. What was it doing? Was it taking orders or was it busting tables? Yeah, yeah, it was like a little robot waiter, and we, you know, took a regular waiter, but it was a freaking little robot waiter just rolling around. Yeah, I'd just get up and get up out that restaurant immediately. I wouldn't even hesitate on that one. See, when it, when it comes to uh, when it comes to eating out, you're you could make food at home. Face it, uh, most of us can cook at least. We we could put something together. Some are better than others, but at the same time, if you are going out for a hamburger, you're going because of the primarily because of the customer service. Uh, anybody can make a burger in their own house, and if you have a robot that's making your burger, there's really no point to going because you're going because you want to experience uh, an outing. You're not going because, well, I have to eat, so let me pay $9 for a burger when I can make it for five at home. Mm-hmm. And that that's why people don't want the self-checkouts. People want the customer service. They don't want to... I saw that some stores are phasing out the the self-checkouts unless it's like 10 items and under, which I always thought it should be that way anyway, because there are times when if you've got 14 people in line and you just need butter and you just want to scan your item, I, I, I don't see why you shouldn't be able to do that, but I'm not going to scan $300 worth of groceries and uh, and do all that myself. 
Yeah, I agree with that because my dad used to joke all the time. He hates self checkout. He used to joke all the time that at this point they might as well just put him on the payroll if he's going to do all this. Yeah, Walmart. I heard is that they're going to phase out unless it's an express lane. Like I said, that that's one of the main stores that they they got the message uh, about not wanting with. Uh, or if you go to Lowe's or Home Depot, they got one employee scanning. Uh, scanning items as a cashier, and they got like twenty self checkouts. Yeah, I've seen I've seen places like that too. And it's like I understand if I just want a hammer and there's a line, I'll go do it myself, and I I I would do that. But uh, if there's a, a cashier, I'm standing in line for that. I don't know if you've seen this, but it, uh, you mentioned Walmart. My friend, one of my friends that lives out there, he sent me a video of these uh, big, tall, like, gray robots that would just go across, like, I guess they were, like, scanning for inventory, different things. Like, oh, different yeah, I hours. saw that at Sam's Club and Costco before, yes. Yeah, they don't have those out here. They're, like, the Walmart stuff, they still got people. But, yeah, that... At the time when I saw that, really threw me for a loop. Yeah, that was crazy to me when I saw that. Y'all don't have any, like, I guess besides the AI servers, y'all don't have anything like that, anything else like that? Like, um, I saw... They had these artificial intelligence like baristas. Obviously, they look made to look like humans, but they were clearly robots. Do y'all don't have anything like that? I haven't seen them, but I don't go to Starbucks. I don't drink coffee, so I, I don't I don't go there. I don't really Adrian. Like I don't really prefer what what is it? Oh, go ahead, if you had something to share. Oh, yeah, no, I was just saying I don't really usually drink coffee unless it's, like, my body cannot wake up and there's no energy drinks around and I'm out of Axio. I prefer Axio. It's, like, a nootropic, uh, whatever it does, the neurotransmitters, way better than coffee or any energy drinks. It's called what? It's called Axio. It's, like a nootropic and it helps you have like positive mood but also mental endurance like I can't tell you how many times I've been on a super late drive and then I drink one of those and it's like my brain just wakes up it's kind of like a super nutrient like for your brain I agree so AXL AX I E O. Yeah. And what were you going to say, Proof? Oh, I was going to say it's the third hour. It's time for Mr. Broccoli to make his uh, his voyage today. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for joining us. And I'm sure, like, we would love to have you back. And is there any, like, do you want to tell our audience your page, like, where they can find you and your content? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, and I do appreciate y'all for having me on. And uh, you can find me on YouTube at Lobo, L-0-B-0, and on Instagram, Lobo underscore Snapgod. All the O's are zeros. All the O's are zeros. So L-O-B-O, but L-0-B-0, Lobo. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for yeah. joining us, and we'll have you on another time. I'm sure that Proof would love to talk to you about sports and music more. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, Adrian, if you have uh, his Facebook, we you could hook us up, and you could show him the, uh, the Broccoli Man video we're going to play today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Proof does a cartoon, and it's Broccoli Man, and he uh, airs the episode um, that he makes every week on the show. Yeah, every every okay. week there's a new episode. Okay, yeah, send me that. I want to see this. Yeah, I'm actually going to send it to you right now. We're about to start this uh, week's episode. I'm going to send it to you right now. Uh, All right, well, uh, I'll make sure he gets it, and then uh, he can listen to it uh, off air, and uh, this way he can watch it and listen at the same time. Yeah, I just sent it to him. Yeah. All right, so I'll go ahead and uh, and get this going here. But thank you. It's been, it was a pleasure meeting you today, Lobo. All right, you as well. All right, Y'all so uh, thank you. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, and get this going here. This one is called Extra Wolf featuring the Millennials. And if you're ready, I'll go ahead and count down. Yeah, ready whenever you are. All right. So uh, I'll count down right now. Three, two, one, action. Sugar, Malik and I are going to protest against the kitchen appliances. We need to ban stoves, refrigerators, and heaters. Are you coming with us? I told Malik to come get me tomorrow at 3 o'clock. We can ride together. She said she is driving. I don't let you white people in my car for any reason. You all white people are way too racist for me. I know, right? I'm so happy I'm black. Yobi, you know we all can see you, right? You are as white as George Bush. You take that back right now, Jamar. Everyone knows I'm black because I always vote Democrat and I support Black Lives Matter. We need to go to the rally at Southern Hampshire Institute of Technology so we can ban Jewish people and Christian people from SHIT. We only want to have satanic cult worshippers and have us pro-Palestine people at school there. We need to make sure school is not racist. You are sounding pretty racist right there, Holmes. Last month you said Mr. Goldstein was your favorite teacher. He is a good teacher. Now we need him to run out in camp forever because he is against Hamas. 
the TV told us that hating Jewish people is just as trendy as being non-binary. It is so outdated to be as Christian or straight or even woman. Once we get rid of the Jewish and Christian people, then we can finally get rid of white people. After that all the people that are black and thinks that they should not vote for Democrats also need to be put in the camp. Everyone needs to stop being racists. Now we know why Adolf Hitler and Osama bin Laden were trying to kill people. They were trying to stop racism. I know. I saw all those TikTok videos about that they were right. I was thinking about going to see the Rossi and Bart comedy show next week if you want to go. Sorry, Jamar. I only do stuff that is liberal. I was thinking about telling everyone how wrong it is to own pets. Do you want to do that with me and Malik? Well, as long as it's liberal. Only white people want pets. They want the pets to act like slaves. How would white people actively own them and did not let them live out anywhere them wanted? Those something dark as are just upset that Michael Robinson Obama might be his president. Michael Robinson Obama is a very nice lady. I know. It's that Green Jones again. That is too Republican and he is going to say a lot of racist ash right now. I want to punch him in him's bull sack. Why do you people think it is cool to hate on people based on their skin color and the country they were born in? Look you racist fool. You need to get with the times. You are just mad that my birthing partner is going to get me pregnant. Then when I have my abortion you are going to say real angry again. You're just a stupid boomer. Why is it you liberals that preach tolerance and acceptance are against people based on their heritage? You're just too old to understand how communism works. Give me communism or give me death. Karl Marx is the best educator in economic policy ever. You know that Marxism and communism has never worked anywhere it was tried, right? When you take away the right for the people to prosper, everyone loses. That's only because you are mad you will have all of your money's taxed and taken away from you. We need to give everyone your money. You have white privilege. Black people like us do not have that privilege. Is that true? Don't you all get stipends for being trans or black? I only get the trans stipend because I'm a trans. They said there was an error with my paperwork for trying to get the stipend for being blacks. Dude, that's totally because you are not black. Everyone can see you. You are white. You shut up that face right now and put a scam on that face. We need to make sure SHIT keeps the diversity and equity rules in effect. It is not fair that everyone from different backgrounds can come to our school. So, you want diversity and equity in the school. But you do not want everyone with different backgrounds in the school. I do need to hear how this works. That's right. Because you all hate people. We are all loving and liberal. Only racist people eat peanut butter and jelly. Hey player, I'd you like me some PB&J? When my parents want a parent to come through with groceries, they bring a lot of that to my spot. That's because you have been acting too white lately. Jim, are you bees is just diet black? You ain't real black. Did you see that Governor Gruesome cleaned up the streets of San Francisco because the China president was coming? Yeah. 
that was so racist they cleaned up that city. They should have left all the crazy on the ground. They made it look like a Republican city instead of showing him how we like to represent. I need the stores to let me bring my trash bag in there and change them out. I need my full finger discount. It is not fair that Congress is showing the January 6th videotapes out in public now. Those Trump supporters need to stay arrested for whatever reason anyone can find. I hate Trump supporters so much. I bet you are even mad that Dylan Woman E was voted the woman of the year. Well, that's not a woman, so... Well, I am so liberal that I don't even know what a woman is. Riley Gaines should be as re-educated in a FEMA camp. Him thinks they have the right to say what a woman is. Thems is not a biologist so cannot know who is a woman. I have kumquats and an ice cream cone. My gender is that I'm a travesty. My birthing partner is a trans outlaw. We will never know what a woman is. Hey Mr. Broccoli Dude. Why are you such a radical extremist? I'm not radical. My ideas were normal just a few years ago. I do not let the television determine my thoughts. The globalists that feed ideas into the school system to depopulate the earth do not interest me one bit. You're just upset because having heart attacks is very normal now. You need to be normal and get your gene therapy so you can have heart attacks just like us. Hey again everyone. Do not become woke or let your children get woke. Get InvoFled in Truth News. Please check out the Proof Negative radio show. He is on freedomizerradio.com and is on weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. That is 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Proof has on great guests, excellent co-hosts, and all the news you need to know about. Check out freedomizerradio.com and see the schedule for the other shows on there also. If you want to talk about listening to Alex Jones' Proof Negative, or Dr. Carlson, you can come here and come get these fists. Good luck with that. I am trained in three martial arts. You have taken 72 gene therapies and have never been in a gym. Working out at a gym is racist. I can still whip you. But you will have to take me to Wigmiha General Hospital after because I might get a heart attack. Alright, so that was this week's episode. I hope it was okay. Yeah, the part talking about the white people made me laugh. <laughs> I can't remember the exact comment now, but... Yeah, he thinks he's black because he, he supports Black Lives Matter, and he heard Brandon when he said that if you don't vote for him or you're considering voting for Trump, it means you ain't black. Being that it's Thanksgiving and uh, and your friend may have watched an episode, uh, I, I want to represent the wiretap, and then we have time to get into a little uh, news here. So... I want to show you an older episode that you probably didn't see. This one's called Schwab's New World. Let me copy it here. And I'll get this ready in my end here. 
Okay, there we go. I'm ready when you are. Yeah, whenever you're ready. All right. All right, so <laughs> I wanted to represent an older cartoon with the wiretap in it. So this is Schwab's New World featuring the wiretap. So I'll count down right now. So three, two, one, action. <laughs> Right there, green dude. You are under arrest, sir. Why are you following me again today, wiretap? M-E-T-H-O-D-O-S, Melody, green dude. I have no idea what that means. It's a method of modern love, green dude. <laughs> seriously, sir. You did not get the digital ID yet. You are hereby required by Governor Shiratzvek to get the Lysnika Freedom Microchip. You are still trying to use the old school Federal Reserve Currency notes. You are an old relic that will not fit in with these current times. Why do you think that I care about what you think? <laughs> you are even creepier than that old pervert named Herbert on the Family Guy. Just that green dude, I am now required to have you disrobe this instant so I can check your person for any Federal Reserve notes. You might be trying to use any cash currency that has former presidential faces on it. We are in a one world government now and we cannot have you trying to represent the old America with racists on their financial currency. If you have any such American dollars, I can confiscate them from you so you do not have to carry around pictures of racists. Case of possession obsession. Gimme, 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 yeah. I don't believe I am having to argue about this right now. If you want to quote Hall and Oates, then how about leave me alone? I'm a family man. Or maybe I can't go for that. No, no. No can do. That is not green dude. Now you obviously make less than $300,000 annually. So you are required as part of the lowly 99%. You must adhere to what Klaus Schwab and the Economic Forum have devised for useless eaters such as yourself. I don't listen to a single thing any globalist says to do. Don't worry green dude. You will listen to every single thing any globalist says you to do. You shall now be required to eat maggots and lentils instead of meat. You must only use air conditioning if the temperature is about 125 degrees Fahrenheit. You must give your expensive automobile to the government and take the city bus. Your old 2014 Hyundai Sonata is too much of a problem for climate change. So you will be going to what you somehow call work on public transportation. You are complaining about my car? You drive a 1993 Geo Metro. Right, green dude. Keep stepping in it. How dare you make fun of my company automobile, green dude? 
You won't be laughing when I bring you to the FEMA camp. That does not exist. Now, as you are one of the 99%, I am going to man it. You walk those legs right over here so I can insert the latest Lysnica Freedom microchip into your person. That's going to be a never in my life, dog. You will be required to say hibby hibby insert my chippy. That means you now accept the new world order as your lord and savior. You shall worship big globalist government as your religion. You will not course me to say the hibby hibby thing or accept the government as my religion. Okay you said hibby hibby. Now just utter the phrase insert my chippy and we can get you up to date on your freedom microchip. That is not happening. I am not saying anything else you tell me. What is a phrase you do not want to say, green dude? Get the out of my face and go yourself wiretap. I'm now reading the Miranda. Come out with your pants down. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law. If you cannot afford an attorney, then you are completely hooked. So we need you to drop your trousers so, so we can properly arrest you. Of all the reasons you want to make to see my junk, this is the craziest. Why do you need me to drop my pants for you to arrest me? Very simple green dude. If your pants are around your ankles, it will be almost impossible for you to run away. <laughs> verify there are no K-47s, bow and arrows or any extra gold or silver inside your junk. These globalists are a bunch of fools who think they can replace God with themselves and use weird tactics and artificial intelligence to rule the world as a one-world government. They think they can live forever and create robots to take the place of humans. They are a bunch of sick perverts who enjoyed a lot of quality time on Epstein's island. We must never comply with what they want because it will end civilization as we know it. You must comply with everything all the globalists want. It will end civilization for you 99% useless eaters as we know it. Now you all must set up an appointment to get in the lives like the suicide pods, eat your maggots, and make sure any pets, plants, trees, minerals, or vitamins are destroyed and euthanized so we can remove it from society. And I will be the one feeling there is nothing inside your juicy kumquats. Check out the Proof Negative radio show. He is on weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. That is 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Proof likes to tell everyone about the latest in New World Order news. He brings on great guests and has on excellent co-hosts that you will enjoy hearing from. He even takes your calls and wants to wake up the world from globalism. Go to freedomizerradio.com and press listen live so you don't miss any of Proof's shows. You must not go to freedomizerradio.com and must miss all our proof negative shows. He ruins the plans of our one world government and we must platform him at every single opportunity. Proof's mere existence ruins our entire globalist crime syndicate. Now all you nincompoops and something duckers need to hurry up and procure your bloody microchips. We cannot let globalism and the new world order ruin the earth. They need to go away. 
just like you need to go away and leave me alone, wiretap. Alright, so that was a much older episode. When oh, was that one? Uh, maybe a year to a year and a half ago. You got quiet all of a sudden. I, I guess I must have bored you. No, I, no. All right, so uh, do you have anything you want to share tonight? Yeah, I'd like to let our audience know that actually if they or anyone they know has cancer, um, they can contact me and they will get shipped a free a free, free shipping as well. I just want to repeat that it is free um, to cancer patients, high CBD RSO tincture. Like, it will be mailed to them, shipped to them for free. Um, I do want to let them know that. So uh, are you one of those people also that are getting involved in that transact card thing? Because I I see a bunch of my Facebook friends getting involved. What's that? What is that? Uh, It's a multi-level marketing thing with uh, in regards to banks and you save money on debit card fees and things like that. Uh, I, I haven't heard of it. I'm staying away from it for now. I'm not saying it's bad. But I'm I'm just not getting in, involved right now. Yeah, I've never heard anything about it. This is the first that I've heard about it. What is it? It's like a swag box or Transact, something. Transact. Yeah, no, I hadn't heard anything about that. Oh, okay. Well, I, I it's it's basically flooding my uh, my Facebook uh, wall when I see it. Not my own wall, but when I read stuff, I, I out of every ten posts I see, three are about transact. It's like a banking thing or something. Yeah. Hey, what did you think about that? Were you able to get to that uh, that podcast that I sent you earlier this week? That was so crazy. I started it and I saved it and I didn't go back to it. So, yes and no. Yeah, I'm talking about the have, uh, I... the Wake the Dead. 
Yeah, Lynn Monette. Yeah, that was mind blowing. Honestly, it was. I was like disturbed for most of the day when I heard that, and that they're not letting. You know, they they go on to talk about. Sorry, this is stuff that I like to talk about. I like to talk about like. Um, Narrow hacking. I have to admit, though, Adrian, I think it's fascinating when uh, you see people that are killed in mysterious ways, and then a four-year-old comes out and says that somebody killed them, and they could lead somebody to the the place where they died. And as it turns out, that somebody did die there four years ago. Things like that trip me out because how would a four-year-old know all those terms? And how would they know that they died in front of a certain building and they could take people there? And then, as it turns out, somebody died there on the date that they're talking about. Oh, yeah, that gave me cold chills, honestly. I think that that's all real. I think that there's a, you know, there's the dimension here with, like, there is a, there are things that we cannot see and that, Observe, like invisible forces that observe us that we cannot physically see with our eyes and it is so strange um yeah I really I would like to go to Connecticut um because it is apparently one of the most haunted states which apparently Tennessee is too but Connecticut you know like, apparently, it's, like, got a lot of paranormal stuff there. And uh, I actually talked to somebody from Connecticut, I think two people, and they said that it is, it's got some got some weird energy going on over there. But that podcast that I sent you, the Wake the Dead podcast with Lynn Monette, um, a friend was playing that the other day in the car and you know I had to ask him the name of it I was like who is this and who are these and what you know like what I was asking the questions like it's very disturbing they are um they are locking people up that are traumatized and they are giving them these drugs like schizophrenia you know it the, it is disturbing what is happening to these people um, and they won't even let researchers into the facilities. They, you know, to even study the said hallucinations and things that they're experiencing, they won't even let researchers really into the facilities. They will, but they'll hit them with paperwork that says, you know, like just making the patients that are, you know, schizophrenic, bipolar seem like a danger, like telling the researchers, well, if you get, you know, injured or if anything happens, we're not liable. Like, the facility is not liable. So that scares researchers mm-hmm. away. Like, you're telling them that these people are dangerous. And most of the time, they are not dangerous unless, like, you provoke them or in some way. And it's not even necessarily the person that you're provoking. It's the whatever is preying on that trauma. But, you know, I've been saying for a long time that I have a personal theory that, you know, there's a weird connection between mental, quote, illness, trauma, um, and demonology. 
and listening to that podcast, like, it really brought it full circle. Um, and a few months ago, I had found a, uh, I'd found a, a writer and I, and I'm probably going to mispronounce his name. Um, he, he was a writer and he was a psychiatrist who led a movement, um, against the, like, oh my gosh, when I found this, I was just so, it bothered me. Like, I was very alarmed. His name was Thomas Shizaz. It's, uh, it's hard for, I can't, it's Thomas, and then it's like a S-Z-A-S-Z, Shizaz, I guess is the only way you can say it. But he was like, you know, a psychiatrist. And he basically became a critic, a lot like psychologist Alice Miller, of the moral and, um, like, scientific, like, implications of psychiatry, like, like psychiatry, like, the whole field. Um, and he became a critic. Um, he, he would say that basically... Like, it's not that he said that schizophrenia isn't real. He said it's completely, like, we don't understand it. Um, that, that, and he even wrote a book. I think it's called, like, I, I think it's, like, psychiatry, like, schizophrenia, the psychiatric field's uh, sacred symbol in psychiatry. Like, it, it, he talked about how the state is, keeping these people that are diagnosed as, like, schizophrenia and stuff like that and their family doesn't want anything to do with them, like, once they get into the state's custody, like, they're trapped there unless somebody gets them out. And it was just so disturbing um, Just think about, like, what's been done to these people, um, like, how they've been treated and how they're looked at in society and then the fact that, you know, they're being drugged with heavy sedatives and things like lithium and stuff, you know, Dr. Thomas Zoss, he's kind of known as like, apparently like the founder of the anti-psychiatry movement. And I think it's just very strange that people like him and Alice Miller, which Alice Miller, she was a Swiss psychologist and she, did a lot of studying on childhood abuse and how trauma stores in the body. And, like, she even went as far as to, like, interview, like, prisoners and people that, you know, you wouldn't really talk. Like, people just forget about these people in prison and stuff like that. And, like, it's all back, comes back to childhood. And she even writes books on how authoritarianism is bred in childhood because, like, you know, children are taught to just, like, obey, and they're, like, you know, like, it's just, it's a really interesting kind of field to go in. I think she even resigned from the psychiat, like, the, or the psychologist, psychology association, um, because she was so disturbed by the moral implications she personally found within the psychotherapy, um, like strategy, like the, the strategies and tactics and the, the things that they use 
that came from Sigmund Freud um, for psychoanalysis. Oh, I could believe that. Like, a lot of people don't really know, you know, while we were on this topic earlier, you know, the groomers and stuff, a lot of people do have no idea where they say, oh, like, are you, you know, like, I like to coach people sometimes, like, you know, their mental, like, health and, like, neurohacking, I think that that's very important, and you have people that are like, oh, well, where's that coach's authority, or where's their authority come in, and it's like, what do you mean, like, these people, which I've noticed an ongoing trend with, and I'm not, like, bashing every single person that is, like, a psychiatrist or psychologist, I'm just saying that that podcast, first off, that podcast that I sent you talked about how the suicide rate among psychiatrists is, is almost, like, the same as suicide among schizophrenia, and um, that is interesting, and a lot of people, and, and I've met people that they're like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to school to be a therapist, or I'm going to school to be a psychi- like, psych- you know, a psychiatrist, psychologist, but they're, they're codependent. Like, they, like, the way they operate, the way they un- attract unhealthy partners, like, and I'm not saying it's their fault, but I'm saying they are codependents. So you even have an example like this with Dr. Nicole LaPera. She is, a, like, a, like, she will tell you, like, in her practice, she moved away from, like, traditional psychology, um, the traditional way of being a therapist, psychologist, because she found it wasn't really helping, and she was miserable. And she basically talks about how the field is, like, corrupt in that, you know, she was a codependent, so I think that's very super, like, extremely, I don't even have words for how beyond disturbing and unsettling it is to know and to actually see that a lot of these people that are helping people with their mental health are actually, like, codependents, um, and, it, and I'm not saying that you can't be a recovered codependent, and help people, that's not what I'm saying, but these people that are literal textbook codependents, having a DSM-5 and then diagnosing you with something, like that is unsettling and alarming to me. No, I can, I can buy into that. I kind of went on a little side tangent there. I did want to say that Alice Miller went as far as, like, not to just study, like, you know, murderers and prisoners. She went back and traced, you know, like, Adolf Hitler's childhood. And the, you know, it's very interesting the way she draws um, the correlation between, like, you know, Hitler, which is a very extreme example of like you know childhood repression and cruelty and hatred like manifesting and you know just brewing and growing inside of a person but you know uh, that's not the first time that I've heard um, attention be drawn to a dictator um, like that and then their childhood also referenced um, I think it's Kim Jong-un the current leader of Korea you know, North Korea, like, he, he uh, I'm pretty sure it was, like, he grew up without a mother. 
and it and the documentary went on to talk about you know the when you study the childhood of a lot of dictators something went on there and it was drawing a correlation to the you know current leader of North Korea and, and not having a mother and how mothers are supposed to instill empathy into their children so he never received that um I think it's interesting Oh did I lose you? Oh no. I was just uh I was I was talking for a bit there. I went on I'll go on tangents oh. about these like tangents, rants, like I feel compelled to tell everyone that um the mental health field is a joke. Like it is a joke in this country. And like that podcast also talks about how, you know, since 2020, since the shutdowns and everything that, you know, the stocks, like the drug, like, you know, the prescribed drugs have just gone up like for depression and all these things and that they are expected to go way up. And it talked about, you know, the damaging effects of uh, antipsychotics, that those are the worst. And the most disturbing part is it was talking about, um, you know, the drugs that they give patients that have said schizophrenia, um, actually these people not being able to walk or having issues walking because the drugs are damaging their nervous system. And I actually... It it disturbed me. This podcast really caught my attention because I recently have discussed with someone who is diagnosed with said schizophrenia that has severe childhood trauma. Um, The person told me they are having issues walking and that the people at their facility don't, they're not believed because they've gotten an x-ray, but their x-ray is not showing any damages to the bones or the pelvis area, but it wouldn't if it was nerve damage. Um, And once my friend played this podcast and I heard that, I just, like, I got re-disturbed all over again on a whole other level um, versus when I found Thomas Cesar's um, work because, you know, like a psychiatrist, like, I don't understand people that discredit doctors and psychologists and people that come out of these fields like they're risking their whole license like the like people that don't take these people seriously do they think that they're just risking their whole career and all those years sitting in school to get their piece of paper to tell people what's wrong with them like do they think that they're just denouncing the field like just for attention I don't know I just don't understand very disturbing. See, even if Pfizer loses with this with these gene therapies, they they still make so much money off of these other types of drugs that really mess people up in other ways. Yeah, it's so important for us to um, help other people like get off of those. You know, like not to preach at them or oh, hey, you know, that's terrible for you, you know, but just to, you know, like, 
I think that starting groups and, uh, you know, creating conversation and building more community and stuff, like, something's going to happen. Like, we have to, like, help people get off of these pharmaceuticals. Um, You know, I know a lot of people that they're not on drugs, like, they're not on street drugs, but they're on the drugs that the doctor gave them, you know. Well, I, I, I think you're correct, though, with trying to build communities, and it doesn't matter what the community is. I think we all should be trying to do something to to make people better. Yeah, and ourselves. And not better as in, like, more money or, you know, like recognition, anything like that, but better than what are we doing to move ourselves towards the best version of ourselves and our highest potential and reach our utmost highest potential. Well, you know me, I believe in community building. You know what I have going on, so it's not really a secret. All right, what else do we feel like getting into? Uh, I don't know. I could talk about I could go on uh, <laughs> tangents about this for a minute. So I don't know if you want to take it in a different direction. Or where do you want to go with it? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think um, it's also really important. And I'm sure you've probably heard about this a lot. You know, um, I think that Alice Miller's like trauma stores in the body at a cellular level, and uh, you know the medical field. They're kind of looking at this, but not as much as they should be. I know that the body keeps the score. Like stuck in the body. Um, very interesting. There's a book by Alex Miller. Um, I haven't started it yet, but I ordered it. It came in recently. It's Body Middle of Rural Parenting. And it's a lot like the book that's kind of going around. Uh, it's a bit longer. Um, the body keeps more. And there are doctors coming out. Body, it's just that the medical industry is not looking at it yet. But I think that 
you know, like the mental health field, it is kind of shifting, but it's very slow, of course, because, there, I mean, if people knew that, you know, trauma is like the root of mental illness or, or your diet, I think your diet can be as well, nutrition, trauma, spiritual things, but usually they're tied together. I mean, if people started changing their diet and started releasing negative emotions, then they wouldn't need to be put on these drugs that blow their receptors, Um, you know? Like, if they knew about the different chemicals in the body that are released, um, you know, like stress, for example, like, whenever you're feeling stressed, like, I know me personally, whenever I'm feeling, like, stressed out, just knowing, like, okay, my cortisol levels are raising, like, in my brain, um, like, kind of just knowing what's going on um, from a medical standpoint and then not in the medical standpoint of, oh, hey, you're diagnosed with this and you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have this medication and you're going to have this illness for the rest of your life, you know, but knowing like, oh, okay, my cortisol levels are high right now. Maybe I need to like take some deep breaths and bring myself back in my body um, cause there is like a physiological response between what people say to themselves in their mind, their inner talk with themselves in their physical body. Like the body is always listening. And what I have observed working with different people is that a lot of the times, like, this negative inner chatter that they have, it didn't, like, these negative, like, this, these narratives that they have, like, and beliefs that they have about themselves, they didn't even come from them. It came from other people. Um, I heard before somebody say something along the lines of, like, trauma is a result, is basically the impacts of other people's sins against us. Um, I thought that was very interesting. No, we could do more about mental health in the future. Yeah, it would be cool if we could get some speakers on here to talk about some things related to that. I recently learned about a group, I think it's called the National Association of Self-Esteem, and I think that that is an interesting organization. Um, I think that a lot of mental health issues do come from, you know, the self-esteem, like people's self-image, like their self-image, and then not being able to or not thinking that they're their ideal self, you know. Well, there's now things as like transabled and things like that where people think that they they were supposed to be born with one leg. It's so just weird. Strange, how, that, that's that's not supposed a joke, to be normal scary. now. Oh yeah. Transable. Uh that, that look up transable. I'm gonna look it up right now. 
Okay. I'd play a clip, but we don't have time for it. The complicated issue of trans ableism. Okay, I'm I'm seeing it referred to as body integrity identity dysphoria, also known as being transabled. Transability is defined as the need of a non-disabled person to transform his slash her abilities or senses with the goal of acquiring a physical disability. That is so strange. Yeah, that's a thing. Wow, this is so strange. The term, this is definitely demonic. This is weird. The term body integrity identity disorder, BIID, describes the extremely rare phenomenon of persons who desire the amputation of one or more healthy limbs or desire a paralysis. Wow, that is strange. That sounds like a spirit of infirmity. You know, I was told that a spirit of infirmity, like basically, it makes it's a, it's a you know obviously it's a it's a it's a demon, it's like a demonic entity, but it makes people think that they are sick when they're not, and that sounds like something that is behind this, like. Mm-hmm. Wow. These individuals wish to be blind, crippled, or more. All right, I can't read about this anymore. This is too weird. I mean, I think it is important to, like, okay, like, are we going to enable this, too? Like, we're already enabling people, like, you know. Yes. I don't know. Like, honestly, this is not elegant, but wax their junk off, like, you know, and, like, that's becoming a trend in the medical industry, and it's raking, it's, you know, it's raking quite a bit of cash for doctors that, you know, don't see any moral or health complications from the procedures. Like, is this going to be the new thing now? Like, 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 when does the enabling stop? Well, if they can desecrate society. And as long as it's liberal, if they can get people to kill themselves and, and, be on drugs and make everybody crazy. That's how it works. No, yeah, that's exactly right. You said to, yeah on drugs, get them to kill themselves, confuse them as to who they are as a person.
All right. So I don't know if you have anything else, but uh, I'm about ready to close up for the night. Yeah, if you're ready to go, I don't really think I don't think we I don't think we have time for another one of my uh, controlled tangents. It was not a rabbit. You got, you got six minutes. I don't minutes. think we have any more time for this. Oh, what's that? You got six minutes. You want to use them? Go for it. Otherwise, we'll we'll call it a night here. Yeah, I don't think I have time to go on another tangent. Um, but I definitely have a lot to say about the mental health field for sure. So, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Um, I'm really not big on holidays, honestly. Um, we're gonna have a dinner, but I think that for Christmas, I might honestly just take a trip to New York and just look and just be <laughs> by myself and uh, kind of look uh, at the life and stuff. That's kind of um, what I was thinking for Christmas, but yeah. I uh, I kind of decided this year that I would very much like to the next coming years, if possible, spend them out of the country, like for the holidays. I'd like to go see Thailand at some point. I won't be doing that this year, but would like to make it a new trend. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? What are you guys doing? I'm just cooking dinner for the wife, and then I have to work on Friday anyway, so I'm not doing much. That's all I have going on. I'm the cook of the house. Oh, yeah. I would like to start playing around with uh, more, like, spices and stuff and different things like that, making different sauces. I'm a self-taught cook myself. All right, well, let me uh, me go ahead and close this out. So uh, thank you, Adrian, for joining us. I'll go ahead and get out of here. So I'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for being here. Thank you for bringing in a great guest. Yeah. Have a good night. I'll talk to you next week. Yes, thank you. And, uh, yeah, and I, I'm definitely thankful for you being here on Tuesdays. So thank you, Adrian. Thank you to the audience because without you, we wouldn't have much of a show here. Everyone else, I will be back tomorrow. Please support the shows on Freedomizer. It's not just the proof negative show here, but until tomorrow. Hold on to the handrail. Keep hope alive. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. I am proof negative and I am oot. What if you could have a career 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.